This is Shelby Hansen, and you're listening to episode 20, How to Thrive with Kidney Disease. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, speech and language expert, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hello, I am so excited to welcome you to the podcast today. Over this past weekend, I had the amazing opportunity of being able to meet with the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation and speak to some young people who deal with kidney disease about things that have helped me over my journey with kidney disease. And as I was reflecting back this weekend, I realized that I was diagnosed at the age of 31. I'm 38 now. So it's been almost seven years that I have lived with kidney disease. And it's been a journey, a quite a wild ride to be sure. As I was doing that presentation for these amazing people, I thought, you know, I bet I should share this with my podcast audience. So I am here today to tell you about the 10 things that I shared with this group about how to thrive with kidney disease. So before I go straight into those tips, I want to share a concept with you. I want to share the concept of the difference between confidence and self-confidence. When you think about confidence, confidence is an emotion that is created by our thinking. It's often created by a thought as simple as, I can do that. Confidence is knowing that you can do something. Okay, if you think about One of my coach's very favorite examples is think about your ability to pour a glass of water. If I asked you to pour a glass of water right now, you'd probably feel pretty confident that you would be able to complete that task. Even if for some reason you were to spill the water, it wouldn't really knock your confidence in your ability to pour water. Now, self-confidence, self-confidence is our ability to trust that we can do something we can create something that we've never done before. We've poured water lots of times, but we may not have walked this journey with our health before and gotten the health results that we wanted from it. So self-confidence has to do with trusting yourself to be able to do something that you don't know how to do yet. You can feel confident in how you may have handled your kidney disease so far, but self-confidence That comes from trusting that you have the capability to handle and face anything that comes your way. And when you do that, have that self-confidence in yourself, it opens you up to being able to love yourself the entire time you're going through your journey, no matter what happens. And we are always trying to either run towards a feeling or run away from a feeling. I, a lot of times, think that the worst thing that can happen to me is that maybe my transplant could fail. I'd go back on the list and have to be on dialysis. But that, my friends, is not the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that would happen would be how I felt about all of those things happening. I'd probably experience some letdown, disappointment, even despair. 
There'd be grief and sadness, every other feeling that my brain would create for me from the the thoughts that I am having about the situation. Now, self-confidence is me being willing to feel and experience any emotion on the way to getting whatever it is that I'm seeking. And for me, and I'm sure for a lot of you, it's seeking ways to take care of yourself the best way that you possibly can. And in order for you to have the best quality of life that you can have, you're going to have to be willing to feel any emotion along the path that takes you there. If you are willing to feel sadness and grief and disappointment when things go terrible, then it allows you to see yourself during that time. You are not going to be trying to wish away what's happening. You're going to be experiencing it in your body because that's what your brain is creating for you. Your brain is creating that experience and it's real. Sadness, grief, disappointment, those are all real, healthy emotions that we should be feeling. When you're willing to sit with yourself instead of telling yourself that you should be feeling a different way, that's when you start to build trust in yourself. And think about it. Are you willing to feel determination, grit, and perseverance? Those will help you get the answers that you need to take care of yourself and your body and your kidney. And are you willing to feel help, peace, gentleness, and safety? That Those feelings will open you up to healing after you've had something that you've gone through that's been really stressful. And are you willing to allow in joy, excitement, amazement, and satisfaction when something really great happens, like a call for a kidney transplant? When you are willing to allow all of your emotions and not judge one of them as better than the other, it will allow you to open up to the entire experience of your life. You won't be resisting what's happening and you'll be able to allow it. Okay, I know that's a really long introduction for what I wanted to tell you, but I think it's really important to think about confidence and self-confidence because once you go through something, you have confidence that you can be able to do that. Before I had my kidney transplant, I did not have confidence that I would be able to have a successful kidney transplant. Now that I have gone through that experience, I know that that was possible and I'm confident in my kidney transplant experience. Now the self-confidence is how am I going to take care of myself to continue to care for me no matter what happens with my kidney, no matter what happens with my health? How will I know that I am going to be able to be successful in all of those endeavors? I've got self-confidence that I'm willing to feel any emotion along that journey. And each time I overcome a challenge, that's a confidence booster. I've used self-confidence in order to see me through the challenge. And once the challenge is over, I have confidence in that aspect of my journey. And then I'm able to bring that confidence and improve my self-confidence, my trust and my ability to handle whatever comes my way even further for the next thing that happens. Okay, so we're going to go right into 10 things that have helped me to thrive with kidney disease and that can help you. All right, here's the first one. Know your numbers. You're going to want to know your numbers, your lab numbers, any numbers that your doctors tell you to keep track of, but do not obsess over them. 
It's so easy to get lost in why we're tracking the numbers and to go down the anxiety spiral. So if you're doing this and obsessing over your numbers and it's just feeding your anxiety, it's time to let go of that grip. Think about the intention that you're bringing to your health. If you're bringing stress and anxiety by obsessing over those numbers, your body is feeling the effects of that stress. So do you need to be aware of those numbers sometimes? Absolutely. But you can bring to it a sense of ease, a sense of calm, and a sense of knowing that you are going to do whatever you need to to take care of yourself. Okay, step number two, advocate for yourself. Do not be afraid to hire a new doctor or to get a second opinion. I've had several times where I've had really good doctors, but they haven't been good doctors for me. They haven't been able to connect with me on a way that I can trust them to have my best interest in mind. And this happened one time where a doctor failed to check for uh, an infection when they took me off a certain medication that was preventing the infection. And at first I was so upset that this had happened and that I got hospitalized for this infection. And I just knew that I needed to have a change in my team. I still would see this doctor. And so there's a part of me that wanted to just brush it off and not worry about it. But at a deeper core level, I knew that I needed somebody on my team that I could fully trust. And I knew exactly which doctor I wanted to change to. Somebody that knew my complete story and has even followed me from Michigan into Ohio. Um, And so even if you're worried about how it's going to look, you need to be advocating for your health. Because once I made that change, I knew that I could trust my doctor fully. Okay, tip number three. Find people you can share the hard things with, okay? You don't need to open up to everyone. If somebody asks how you're doing, you don't have to give them the whole story if you don't feel comfortable with it. But you do need some people. And the people can include a therapist or a life coach, but you also need physical people in your life that can help to support you emotionally. This also includes teaching the people in your life how to support you. It includes you knowing yourself on such a deep level that you know what you need in order to thrive. And sometimes we ignore our own needs so much that we don't even know when somebody asks if they can help us. So I challenge you, when people ask to help you, know what you can tell them that is going to be helpful for you. Okay, step number four, understanding yourself and why you do what you do. I've talked in previous podcasts about the concept of the motivational triad. Our brain is always trying to keep us safe. And so far, our brain has succeeded. We are alive. But our brain will do three main things to keep us safe that sometimes are not for our highest good. One of those things is that it avoids pain. We think that if we avoid pain then it will keep us sick. However, sometimes something that seems painful, may or may not be, can actually be for our highest good. If I am trying to strengthen my body and I'm going to be exercising, my brain might be telling me, no, don't do that, it's too hard. That's my brain trying to avoid pain. Our brain also keeps us safe by helping us seek pleasure. 
it feels good when your body gets sustenance after being really hungry. We get pleasure from that. We get pleasure from going after our desires. We are wired that way. That's how the species is propagated. That's how people reproduce. So the problem with this is that in our society, we have so many concentrated pleasures. We can just go onto our phones and we have so many ways to get dopamine hits from likes and Netflix and just zoning out. Those are called buffering activities. And if we're not careful, we might be doing that at the expense of our highest good. Again, if you're trying to become healthy for your body and to add some movement into your routine, your body may not see that as seeking pleasure. So the third way that your brain is wired to keep you safe is to conserve energy. It's why you don't want to work out. If you consumed less calories than you expended, that could be a big problem for your body long-term. In the short term, it could help you to lose weight, but in the long term, it puts your mindset into scarcity. Your brain is a little bit worried. And so we can overcome the parts of the motivational triad that are holding us back because we have these amazing brains that can plan on purpose and understand that a little discomfort is required to over overcome what our brains think it's trying to protect us from. When your why of what you want to accomplish is big enough, the how doesn't really matter. And you're able to overcome those safety mechanisms from your brain. Once you understand why you are doing what you do, it can lead into the next thing that I'm going to talk about, which is step five, let yourself feel any emotion. There are no wrong emotions. When you are going after something, if you have a goal, even if it's just to make it through the day, that's a goal, my friends, make it through the next minute. That is a goal. When you allow yourself to feel any emotion, it helps you to understand yourself. You understand why you're doing what you're doing and you're letting yourself feel any emotion. You don't have the resistance building up to any emotion. If you are resisting fear, all it does is create more tension and more fear in your body. When you allow emotions and allow them to exist in your body, it will change everything for you because then you can move and shift into the next thing that you actually want to be doing. Okay. Step six is what happens when you allow yourself to feel any emotion and you understand yourself and why you're doing what you're doing. You're able to, in step six, start to extend yourself love, empathy, and compassion. Think about the journey that you have been through with your kidney disease. It has not been easy. It is a challenge. Any challenge that you've been through is always a reason to love yourself more, give yourself more empathy, and treat yourself with compassion. It is never an excuse to beat yourself up more and erode your relationship with yourself. So use those understanding that you have with yourself to extend yourself love, empathy, and compassion. Okay, step seven is that helps me to take care of myself and to thrive with kidney disease is to take care of my body lovingly. When I am looking at it through that lens of love, I am not beating myself up and telling myself that I'm not good enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not strong enough. 
When you take care of yourself from love, it means that you find a way of eating that works for you and movement that feels like joy to you, something that you want to keep doing. And it helps you to have long-term success because love increases your capabilities and your capacity. Love strengthens. Okay. Number eight. This is also one of my favorites. Something that's helped me to thrive with kidney disease is to spend time in nature. I lived in Japan for a couple of years back in my early 20s with two little kids and everybody was always outside. Like it didn't matter if there was rain, everybody just put on rain boots and their rain jackets and their umbrellas and they'd ride their bikes. Didn't matter. And I wish that we would adopt a little bit more of that in America In Japan, they call it forest bathing. People will go out and just bathe in the forest. Nature is so healing and it's very grounding for our bodies. And as we take care of our bodies, we need to remember we're connected to something bigger than just ourselves. The ninth thing that has helped me to thrive and will help you thrive is to incorporate mindfulness practices. The biggest reason is this helps you to recognize and understand that you are not your thoughts. You are a person having thoughts because when you are able to pull apart from that, you can see that your brain is creating thoughts that you can choose to believe or not believe. And those thoughts that create your feelings are not wrong, but they are just sentences that your brain is offering you. Now, being aware of your emotional state and understanding whether you're in this danger or uh, if you're in a dangerous mindset where you are feeling at an escalated level that you are not safe, when you are able to practice this mindfulness, it is able, it enables you to be able to go from this danger mindset where something's wrong, something's going to get me, I don't have enough time, any of that scarcity bringing mindfulness practices helps you to return to a level of safety in your body, allowing you to trust your body at a very deep level. People feel panic attacks because on a, on some level, they feel deeply unsafe. So when you practice mindfulness by focusing on your breathing, dropping into your body, I really like emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping, it helps to make your body a safe, familiar place to return to. Okay, my final tip, tip number 10, is to surrender to a higher power outside of you. It can be God, the universe, source, whatever you want to call it. But we live in an amazing world with so many wonders and things that are bigger than us. And while you might not understand all of the whys, of how your life ended up like this, it's so in your best interest to trust in something bigger than yourself. Something that has your best interest in mind, even if it doesn't make sense right now. That trust is going to allow you to make the best, wisest decisions in the present moment. I'm going to leave you with a final quote. This is one of my favorite ones. I don't know where it came from, but it is something that has resonated with me for decades. And that is, if it's not okay, it's not the end. Because in the end, everything is okay. It doesn't mean that it's not hard when you're going through something, 
but there is always a resolution and you always have the power inside of you to be able to decide what to do with whatever circumstance you are given. Do not give your power away. Your power is your own and you can use it in order to thrive with whatever challenge you're facing today. All right, that's all I have for you today and I hope you have an amazing week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's coach together today. Hope you have a wonderful week creating beauty wherever you go.